Welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network, coming to you from the TeacherCast studios since 2011. Join us each week as we bring you the latest educational news, ed tech updates, and hottest interviews with today's most influential leaders in education. And now, for your host, Jeff Bradbury. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Teacher Cast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury, and welcome to the Jeff Bradbury Show. If you're an author, blogger, speaker, podcaster, or anybody looking to get into their own educational business, this is the podcast for you. Welcome to episode number 29. On today's show, we're going to be talking about how you guys can build your EDU brand through short stories. We're going to get into some tips and tricks about video. And we've got an amazing guest today named Tim Cavey, who's coming on today to talk all about how he built a great brand and a great podcast called Teachers on Fire. But before we get to our guest today, my question is simple. How are you guys today? It is, of course, getting into the uh, the beginning of April here. Weather's getting a little bit warmer. And I know so many of you guys are out there looking to build your EDU brands as we go into conference season. We're talking a little bit this month about how we're going to be creating proposals, how we're going to win the RFP game, how we can be presenting at great conferences like ISTE, FETC. And, of course, what do you do If you get asked to be at a conference presenter, look for these topics all and more coming up on the Jeff Bradbury show. We've got some great guests coming up in the future. Uh, Teachers on fire, of course, is today. We've got Teach Better coming up. We've got Leaders of Learning. Lots of great episodes. So don't forget to hit that subscribe button and share this podcast with your friends. All of our archives can be found over at buildyouredubrand.com. And next week, guys, you don't want to miss the show. We have a great and very special announcement coming up. Some of the great things that are happening over here on the TeacherCast Educational Network you guys don't want to miss, especially as we start ramping up and getting a lot of great content coming out to help you guys build your EDU brand. But enough about me. We are going to move right on quickly to our guest segment for the day. My guest today is a husband, stepfather of two, eighth grade teacher, assistant principal, and the host of the Teachers on Fire podcast. But I know him simply as Tim Cavey, an amazing guy to get to know. I want to welcome onto the show, Tim Cavey. Tim, how are you today? Welcome to the Jeff Bradbury Show. Thank you so much, Jeff. I am feeling great. And let me tell you, it's an honor. You know I'm a listener on the podcast, and so it's an honor to be here. Thanks. It is great to have you. Uh, as we said, you've a, you're a teacher, you're an administrator, and you've got a great podcast. And you are one of those guys that's out there building your brand. And of course, you're part of our little Edu Podcasters group. But uh, enough about me singing your praises. Talk a little bit about yourself. Uh, you've been teaching for how long? Um, tell us a little bit about where you are. You're in Canada, aren't you? That's right. I'm outside Vancouver. This is my 20th year teaching, Jeff, which is uh, humbling and also embarrassing because that means I'm, I'm getting old, but uh, that's okay. I, I'm experienced, right? And so I completed a master's in educational leadership in 2019. I always point to that program as really sort of revitalizing my education journey. Uh, A year before that, I started a podcast. A year before that, I read Mindset by Carol Dweck. And so there have been a few pivotal moments in my professional journey that has really changed my outlook and opened my eyes to the power of content creation and not only the opportunities available, but the power of what it can do for professional growth as well. How do you see that? Because so many teachers out there listening to this are 
looking to build their brands. I mean, we are here to help them out. We're going to talk about a few of those things today, but you've taken that really to that next level that we see in so many edupreneurs where you've got a brand, you've got a, you've got a, a, a show. Everything we're going to talk today is on brand. How did you come up with this whole concept of teachers on fire? And what made you say, I, I want to do something a little different than just sit in an educational office? So I, I always point back to even before the events I mentioned, even before reading Mindset in 2017, I, I point back earlier to that to my own podcast experience as a listener. I was a big fan of edu- uh, entrepreneurship podcasts and uh, other kinds of podcasts. But in the entrepreneurship space, there are some voices, some names that you would recognize, people like Gary Vaynerchuk, John Lee Dumas, Pat Flynn, and others who really talk about the the tremendous opportunity that we have to amplify our voices. They talk about how the old gatekeepers of publishers and TV networks are falling. And we live in this landscape, this amazing internet landscape where we can all share our voice for free. And in the course of my thinking and learning about that landscape, I also started thinking, what if there was a great podcast for teachers? And as I searched Apple podcasts, I couldn't really find a great one. And I thought, I'm going to step into that void and fill that void and and bring teachers a show that really profiles other educators and shares ideas that will spark thinking and ignite practice. Well, lo and behold, there are hundreds of other pod uh, of other podcasts out there, uh, but that's okay. I think every voice adds something to the conversation. You ask the question, like, what does it do for a teacher or why should any teacher jump into that kind of activity? And I'll simply say that growth comes through reflection. So as we engage in these conversations about our practice and as we think about what it is that we're doing, which a lot of teachers uh, sort of don't have the time or the capacity to do, sadly enough, or maybe the inclination to do, as we do engage in these reflective conversations, we grow. And uh, our conversation with each other stimulates thinking and growth and and our practice improves as a result. So it's been a really fun journey for me to see my podcast grow, but it's also been great for my professional practice as well. I'm curious, did all of these revelations happen while you were in the classroom or while you were pursuing or acting as an administrator? In the classroom. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I And so many mm-hmm. teachers out there are sitting there in their classrooms today going, okay, I have an idea. Um, I don't know what I want to do yet. Maybe, you know, maybe you make a podcast, maybe author, maybe become a speaker. And, you know, today we are going to be talking about some of the adventures that you've gone through in social media, specifically how to tell stories, tell other people's stories. But what were those first steps for you? You said, I have an idea. I'm listening to these guys. I'm watching other shows. What was that first step for you and what was it like? I knew enough by that time, Jeff, that I I knew I had to find a brand, something that I could connect with, something that would sort of identify me and what I'm all about. And I sort of had a vision from the early stages of podcasting, and I knew I wanted to do some writing and, and so on. So I took advice from people like you to find that real estate, to find a handle Uh, specifically a name for my podcast that was available on Twitter, Instagram, a few other places, the the domain. And so that led me to uh, a search for not only a name, but a name that was available on other spaces as well. And I tried many variations of the word Ed. You and I know, for example, a podcaster who took Reflect Ed 
And there are many others that sort of end in ed, which is always clever. And some of those spaces are still available. I kept coming back to Teachers on Fire because it was available everywhere I looked. No one had snatched that up yet. It's easy to understand. You only need to say it once. You don't have to explain any underscores or special characters. And it, like I say, it, uh, it just sort of seemed to fit. So I went with Teachers on Fire as a brand and as something that uh, you know is easily findable in different podcast apps and the rest is history now you and i share something in common with our domains uh you and i both are dot nets um, right talk to us a little bit about that my, my story is simple the dot com wasn't available everything else was and i said there I go. There I am. I'm teachercast.net, which eventually for me ended up with being network. And I kind of just said that to myself and said, here we go. Um, why are we teachersonfire.net? Yeah, same same story here. The dot com was taken. And I believe right now it may be available. Don't snatch it up, Jeff. <laughs> but I believe it may be available. And I know the right next step for me as a, a content creator and proprietor is to snatch it up or at least redirect it to .net or redirect.net to .com or, or whatever the case may be. And so I think I think that was just the situation that it was taken. And I, I would always prefer the .com like you, but I uh, went with .net. And hopefully at some point I will have all the dots uh, or all the big dots, .org. We'll throw that in there as well, maybe a few others and, and all pointing to one site. Uh, that's the one thing sort of that I didn't have that I wish I did, but I, I took it and, and sort of settled and said, okay, I've got the Teachers on Fire Real Estate on Twitter, Instagram, a few other places. I'll take the dot net. Now, you and I also have something uncommon, as you were just mentioning. Everywhere you go, if you type in Teachers on Fire on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Medium even. We'll talk a little bit about that. YouTube, Voxer. Um, but the one place that you and I differ, and I wish I did this, is your LinkedIn is your name. Mine is TeacherCast. Um, I'll mm. say back then I didn't know any better. Um, but why LinkedIn for your name? We've done other LinkedIn shows and everybody kind of agrees on this. Um, why is LinkedIn your name and why is LinkedIn not your brand? That's a great question. I, I mean, just the nature of LinkedIn, and I probably don't have as good an answer as you're looking for, but I guess my thinking is that LinkedIn really is built around profiles. There's just no escaping. It's, it's built around human profiles. So to compare it to Facebook for a moment, on Facebook, I do have a Tim Cavey profile, a personal profile, and then I have my Teachers on Fire page and my Teachers on Fire group. On LinkedIn, it's, it's built in a similar way. It's built around human business profiles. And so I would agree with what you just said. I think it's, it's probably best to keep that name and allow people to find you through your name. I have started a Teachers on Fire page on LinkedIn. I haven't put a whole lot there, but I'd like to start adding content there so that uh, number one, it's taggable. So if people are talking about their experience with Teachers on Fire, that will hyperlink uh, within the LinkedIn environment. I think that's important. And it's also just a great place for people to find content, again, within the LinkedIn environment. If they're doing a search for Teachers on Fire, they will find something. Um, so I think it is important if you can to have a page for your brand. But yeah, LinkedIn is built around people. There's no escaping that. So I would recommend sticking with the personal profile. Now, today we're going to talk all about 
the work that you're doing in telling other people's stories. And I love the fact that no matter where I go, I'm getting these notifications that says you're going live on LinkedIn, on StreamYard, on Instagram, all of these different places to tell stories. But as we're looking at that kind of work, you've been telling your own story. I want to ask you about the top of your website here, Profiling Agents of Growth and Transformation in K-12 Education. I always say if you're going to have a subtitle, it should be your story. Mine is simple, a place for teachers to help other teachers. When did profiling agents come into play? Was it always there? And how'd you come up with that? I knew at some point, or I guess I learned that you need some kind of a mission, as you just said. You need some kind of a focus, some kind of a direction to help people understand what it is you're doing and the story you're telling, how you will help their practice. And honestly, I've thought about tweaking that line, and I still may at some point because my mission is slowly evolving a little bit uh, in terms of the content I'm producing today. It's, it looks a little bit different than it did two years ago, but I like that idea of having a not really not so much a tagline, but letting your visitors know what it is you're all about. So if you do visit TeachersOnFire.net, and it's a site that does need some upgrade when I put it beside TeacherCast. It needs some help, but it is slowly evolving. And it, you will know just by looking at that banner at the top, you'll know what I'm all about. You'll have a sense of my message and my story. So yeah, I, I think it is important to let people know what it is you're trying to achieve. And talking about your website here, we often get the question of how do I build? Your website is built on what platform? WordPress.com. Why? I, I probably, I, I would, I guess the short answer is that WordPress is the best. You dig a little bit, you look around, you spend 20 minutes of research, you'll find that a huge majority of bloggers use it. I like the WordPress reader. Uh, the WordPress reader is a way to aggregate all of the WordPress blogs that you're subscribed to. Speaking of subscribing, it's got a great internal mechanism for people to subscribe and uh, subscribe to and follow your blog either within the WordPress environment or by email. Not all of the other blogging platforms offer that. And it's simply the most powerful and robust solution out there. You can do just about anything you want within WordPress. Now, you said WordPress.com. Uh, we have talked on the show several times about the two different kinds of WordPress, the .com, which is the, the, the company created by a company called Automatic. Um, you can do it for free. You can do it for paid. And then there's the other form, which we call WordPress.org, which is self-hosted, where you take WordPress and you stick it on GoDaddy or Bluehost or some other kind of a platform. Um, Got to ask, you're on a... You don't have to sell the details, but you're on a free plan, premium plan. How how are you creating this wonderful looking website? I am on a premium plan and it's been so long that I'd have to go back and examine the reasons for that. I know there were some good reasons having to do with different things that I could host, for example, different options, different plugins. I can't I can't recall exactly the options that pushed me toward a premium. And I know that premium, uh, I, or I believe that you might be able to correct me on this, but I believe the free plans on WordPress uh, still come with ads. And that's something I knew I definitely did not want appearing on my content or in, you know, uh, emailed notifications that come from new posts. So uh, there are a few reasons, I guess, why I would recommend paying for a plan. It doesn't have to be expensive. 
but uh, I think it's worth the money to get that plan. Oh, and part of the plan is the domain as well. And so wordpress.com can arrange that for me. I did my, uh, I obtained my teachersonfire.net through WordPress as well. The other nice thing about doing WordPress as a premium plan is you can create, uh, not create, but you can install your own themes and plugins. Um, I always ask the question here, but talk me through a little bit. It looks great. Uh, a couple different main colors. What's your thought process on building a website? What's your philosophy? Finding a theme? Uh, wrap, wrap this kind of conversation up for us here. I will be really frank. I think my website probably needs a more modern look, but I do like the theme that I've got going on right now. There's some interesting debate going on in different places of the blogosphere about the wisdom of having a sidebar. I like to have that sidebar to allow visitors to see other features on my site, to see other work that I'm doing, other uh, content that I'm sharing in other places. But I also know, and you would know much more than me about this, Jeff, but I also know that websites need to load fast. And I know that Google places a great deal of emphasis on speed or loading time. So one of the changes that I want to make sometime in the future is actually just to simplify the page and make sure that not too much content is loading when the visitor first arrives at teachersonfire.net. So there are still lots of things I'd like to do to modernize the site, but I do like what I have going on right now in terms of a basic theme. I like the colors, the brightness, the white space, the balance. And I think it's it's doing the job for the time that I have right now, not being a full time content creator. Well, I, I'm going to debate that one with you right now, because it seems like every single week I'm getting a wonderful notification that says Tim Cavey is live on this different platform. And, and you know, you've you've been awesome enough to have me on the show a couple of times. You do your edu podcast, your summit, you're doing live from Instagram. You do uh, you do uh, what, what's the one that I like to watch Cavey, Cavey and Cavey where you bring all your or your brothers and stuff on. Um, right. How did you get involved with the live stuff? We're going to talk a little bit about sharing the message and all that stuff in a second here. But but but, you know, doing a pre-recorded show to being a live broadcaster for many, that's a that's a leap. Was that was that a leap for you or was that just a natural progression of where you wanted to go with your career? I was deeply skeptical of live content when I first started seeing it in force maybe a year ago. I think it was around the time of the pandemic, really, that I started to see a whole lot more live content on Facebook and YouTube in particular. I was a skeptic for a while. The reason that I switched to doing more live, two main reasons for that, and if you're listening and you're not doing live content, but you are a content creator, you can give these some thought. Number one, all of these platforms favor live content. They will give you airtime. They will bump you to the top of feeds. They will highlight your brand on the top of the uh, on the top of the mobile app, for example, if you are going live. And so, and they will also push people or suggest that people follow you if you're going live. So all that to say that if you are doing live content regularly, uh, these platforms love that because there's more buzz, more activity, more connection happening there. And that's really leading into my number two reason, and that is people do love to connect and interact in real time. Uh, 
And particularly, again, during the pandemic, it's sort of the perfect storm of separation and isolation. For a lot of people, this is a great way to reach out and connect and build friendships and relationships in the education community is through live events. So it's been a tremendous engine of growth for me. Like you said, I go live every Saturday morning on YouTube and Facebook through my Teachers on Fire Roundtable. And I've tried some live content on Instagram and uh, most recently on Twitter as well. So I, I'm a big fan when and where you can. The quality generally, I think we can agree, is going to be a little bit lower than pre-recorded edited content. But uh, if, you're, if you put some thought and planning into it, you can deliver some good value in the live setting as well. So today we're here to talk about doing just that, right? You and I have similar philosophies on this, but I'm sure we're going to find some differences. When we're looking at live stories, when we're looking at short stories, first of all, let's define the term here. Because on one hand, um, we're saying short video. But then there's also these things that all the different platforms are coming up that are called stories, these one minute kind of clips. Um, what can you tell us about that? How do I make a story? How do I make a short? What do I need to look for? Like, what, what is the, the parameters of these short, short, short videos? And then we'll get into some of the other topics here. Stories are just a really terrific way to reach your audience. They build that know, like, and trust. I'll say that again. So if you are a content creator and you want to build your audience, you have to allow people to get to know you, like you, and trust you. They need to know you. They need to know what it is you're about. And so stories are a great way to do that. And like you said, not everyone's familiar with stories. So we're talking right now about the 15-second rolling photos slash videos that you see in your Instagram app and in a number of other apps. I'm going to focus most of my attention on Instagram uh, in some of the tips I'm about to share because Instagram is still my go-to place for stories. I think it is for a lot of people, but uh, you could share your story content on your personal Facebook stories, LinkedIn stories, Twitter stories, and of course on places like TikTok and Snapchat as well. Snapchat actually deserves an honorable mention here, I believe, as the origin of stories. Mm -hmm. That's where that's the app that really pioneered this. But I'm going to focus primarily on Instagram because I think within the education content environment, let's say that's the primary place where stories are created and consumed. What are your rules on this? Um, and I say that jokingly because I don't think there are any, right? Like uh, you can watch Gary V, who basically is curating his entire life, and they take a 15-second snip of him ranting about something and then plaster that all over the place. That's not really edited. On the other hand, I find myself watching these cooking videos of how in 25 seconds they go from a bunch of ground beef to they're making a, a Big Mac, and it's all completely put together and produced and highly entertaining and i'll go through those a lot too so what's what does tim Cavey do because i know you sit at the park you also sit in your studio you've got a variety of different ways what recommendations do you have for somebody who wants to build their brand making these short short videos so I have a few tips and you said it well. I don't think there are any so-called rules that you have to follow. You can get creative and think outside of the box. And there are lots of creators doing things that I have not thought of. And so I love learning from other people. But 
My first tip, Jeff, would be to simply try to show up daily. And again, this is not a should, it's not a pressure situation, but if you can show up daily, what that does is, again, talking Instagram stories first and foremost, it means that you will always have stories available. There are users out there, and I know you're not one of them personally, or not yet, I'm still working on you, Jeff, but there are users out there who will only look at stories. They don't care about their Instagram feed anymore. They are going straight to stories and that is how they are consuming content. And so we need to think about those users and say, I want to have stories available at least once or twice within every 24 hour cycle. Again, I'm talking to content creators. I'm not talking to uh, every single teacher out there who is perhaps busy and has no time to play to play around in these kinds of environments. But if you are interested in sharing your message and building your community, then my advice is to show up daily. Vlogs are the best ROI for time to impact. And what I mean by that is just turn your phone on yourself, selfie cam, and just talk to your audience about what it is you're learning, share a highlight from the day, share about the last bit of content that you created, it doesn't have to be Oscar-worthy content. You're simply talking to your audience. And it's that personal message that a lot of people really resonate. So show up daily. Now, you had mentioned something in there I want to pause on. You're talking to yourself or are you talking to your audience? You're talking to your audience. So... And you can preface that in different ways. I mean, we see vloggers on YouTube sort of opening with, hey, what's up, guys? You know, I often start with, hello, Teachers on Fire, because that is my audience. That's my community. It, depending on your brand and what it is you're doing, you can open that in different ways. But yes, you're definitely speaking to the viewer. Now, I want to get to your second point here, and I think this is the most important, which is if you're going to be doing something, make sure that everybody has the opportunity to see it, whether they're listening or not. Talk to us a little bit about your second tip here. So when it comes to making vlog style content, and we're talking here about videos, you can certainly throw lots of pictures and graphics in your stories, but I think videos are super powerful in terms of, again, time to impact ratio. I love the Clipomatic app or something similar that auto captions your vlog. And so I use Clipomatic again, and I want to give credit to Lindsay Titus, shout out to Lindsay for helping me with that. And, and the reason is that a lot of people are consuming these stories on silent. They're standing in a lineup at Costco and maybe they don't want the volume on. They are putting kids to bed. They are in a library. I don't know what it is, but they can't always have the volume on. And if you are speaking, they will do a hard swipe and just move on to the next person because they don't know what it is you're saying. So I love using an app like Clipomatic to record my content. It will auto caption it and then I throw it in my stories and that way you can understand what I'm talking about. Okay, I'm confused here. Are you recording in Clipomatic and broadcasting at the same time? Or are you recording a video and then opening your Instagram and then up? What's the process here? Yeah, that's a great question. Actually, as I was saying it, I thought that might come up. So a lot of my stories are live and real time. And sometimes if I'm walking down the beach, I'll just pull up my Instagram app and I'll just shoot some live, uh, pardon me, 
when I say live, I mean recording in real time and then throwing that up on my stories. They're never live. That's something different. So I want to be clear about that. But they're almost live. If you follow, they're real time. They're recorded in Instagram. What I just described with Clipomatic is a little bit asynchronous. So I'm in my car at the end of the day. I record a message about something I learned. I do that on my Clipomatic app. That's going to give me the auto captions. Then I take that under 60 second video and I move over to my Instagram, uh, my Instagram stories and I upload it there. It seems like it's a lot just for one minute of video. And and I think that might be the reason why I don't do this yet or so like that. Like it just seems like it's a lot of this moving around versus uh, like a Periscope video, right? you, you get on, you're live, thanks, get off. Um, how much time does it take for you to, pro- I, I hate this term, produce a one-minute video? Well, I, again, so my first point was in terms of time to impact ratio, uh, it, you know, nothing beats just a basic vlog. So if anyone is overwhelmed by the idea of going out to a separate app like Clipomatic, definitely can't go wrong just shooting that basic video. I, I'm not discouraging anyone from doing that. So I want to be clear about that. If you do have the time or the bandwidth or capacity, like I say, captions are great. And so to answer your question, you know, maybe it takes one minute more to record it in Clipomatic, take that video, which is saved to my phone, throw it on Instagram, up to my stories, literally one minute more. So we're not talking a, a great deal of time or production happening here. And for the record here, Clipomatic is a free or a paid app? It is paid. It's about $5 uh, all time or $5 uh, permanent purchase. It's not a monthly subscription or anything like that. But if you're going to get into this type of stuff, sometimes you got to pay for things. And one of the things that is certainly not having to be paid for, one of the things that's absolutely free is your third tip uh, for, for the day. So what is tip number three? Tip number three is shout out creators and their content whenever you can. And here's the amazing reason why on Twitter, I and I've built a lot of my podcast audience on Twitter because there's something called the retweet, which presents this enormous opportunity for a viral quality to your tweets. I can put out and notice about my content. Jeff Bradbury can retweet it. And now I'm in front of Jeff Bradbury's audience on Twitter and it's retweeted again and again and so on. That is very difficult to achieve on Instagram. There's no way I can get in front of Jeff Bradbury's audience, Jeff Bradbury's network by simply putting a graphic in my feed, in my main Instagram feed. But if I put something in my stories and I tag Jeff, then Instagram gives him a wonderful option to share that story in his stories. So what I've taken to doing to bring it back to this third point of uh, shouting out other creators is what I call a win-win. If I listen to your podcast and I thoroughly enjoy it, sometimes I will take a moment to um, go to Spotify and Spotify's got an option called share to Instagram stories. And I will say, hey, listen to the episode, love the episode, emoji, and I will tag you. And what that does is it shows up in your DMs. So you get an option to share it to your stories. And that is extremely powerful. It's it's giving you some social credibility, some social proof that, hey, there's a listener out there who's 
gaining tremendous value from my content. And it gives me a win because my name gets in front of your listeners and your audience. So uh, it's something I've done many, many times. I know creators always, always appreciate shouting out their content. They appreciate that social proof. And I appreciate being able to get in front of their network. Now, I'm so glad that you mentioned all that stuff because as we're going through, as we're going through giving shout outs, one of the questions that comes when we start to interact with our audience or when we all start to become creators is that famous question of what kind of equipment do you need? Do I need the latest phone? Do I need a microphone? Do I need a boom arm? Do I need a a tripod? What do I need to do? Talk to us a little bit about your fourth tip of the day. I like to just start with your phone. Phones are so powerful. They're so clear. You really don't need very much more. Um, If you really want to take the next step, something I've picked up is kind of a $20 little phone tripod with a vertical uh, clip to put my phone to sort of position it vertically. And, And I do that for Instagram lives, which we're not really talking about today. But in terms of simply creating stories, Jeff, there's nothing, there's no equipment that people need. It's simply using your phone's camera to record yourself, to record content, or to create graphics that you may want to share. One other idea that I want to mention here in this fourth point is this idea of simply using your phone's screen recorder to capture your own content. So let's say that I create this dynamic and informative blog post. I can, uh, I'm an iPhone user, so I can uh, go into my settings on iPhone. It's hard for me to show you sort of over the airwaves, but if I do a long press on the microphone option in my iPhone settings, it will give me the option to uh, screen record with the microphone on. And so then I can go over to my blog in Google Chrome and I can record myself talking about the content that I just created. So I can say, hey everyone, here's a great blog post that I made. It's going to help you do this. It's going to help you do that. And it's going to be super helpful when you try this in your classroom. End of video, 15 second video, throw that up in my stories. But now I've got that uh, sort of self-guided narrated tour through my stuff that I really only took about 30 seconds to make. One other way to use screen capture is if I create a YouTube clip, I will record it right there again on my phone. Take a 15 second clip from your YouTube clip right there in your YouTube app. Throw that in your stories as well. Now, when Jeff's going through my stories, he comes up to this YouTube clip and he sees, oh, that's an amazing guest. Someone like Dan Krinas, the leader of learning and he's sort of interested in what's going on. That's a little bit of a different experience than simply seeing a message from me saying, check out my new YouTube video. Uh, It's a little bit of a different experience to get that 15 second sample. So we're talking about really easy things you can create that expose your content and share your content in a vibrant way. It seems like the message here, Tim, is, you know, shout out to as many people, build a community, but it's not just a community of people. You've already talked about a community of applications from your Facebook, your Twitters, your Instagrams, your, 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 uh, your Clipomatics. Having a team of applications that's going to help you build your EDU brand is just as important as having a group of teachers on fire that are going to help you build an EDU brand. See what I did there? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, you, I, I can't say it any better. Now we get to number five, and I think this is the one that I'm interested in learning a little bit more about because I'm not sure exactly what you're talking about with all this. What's number five here, my friend? 
I teased it a little bit earlier. We're talking about using the Spotify share feature to share to Instagram stories with a Spotify link. And so uh, I don't know if other podcast players offer this. I might be ignorant of some new developments on other apps. I don't think for a long time I used Apple Podcasts as my primary player. Now I'm using Spotify for all my education podcasts. And what I'm talking about is something, again, that I mentioned, and that is when I am... Uh, when I've created a podcast episode, I can go into the Spotify share options and share directly to Instagram stories. And here's the key. It will include a direct link to the Spotify player. And so if I'm viewing Jeff Bradbury's stories and he's got a story like this in his Instagram feed, it will say, click here to listen to episode on Spotify. And that will take me directly to that episode on Spotify. That is the only way that I know of to embed a link organically. We're not talking today about paid ads or swipe up. That's sort of another world that we're not going to get into, but for your typical content creator to achieve this organically, it's a really nice way to actually give people a link right there in their stories. We're not talking link in bio, we're talking link in stories directly to the episode. Does that happen on both the mobile Spotify and the desktop Spotify? I just was looking at it on the mobile, but I'm opening up Spotify on the desktop now to see if they've got the same sharing features. Do you do you know how available this is? I I, I would guess that you cannot. I may be wrong, no. but on there, on desktop there it is you can you can click on a podcast uh I, I i i don't we haven't talked about this yet but i've been listening to renegades have you heard the renegades podcast no this is uh bruce springsteen and barack obama and okay. they're 45 minute long episodes they're not political they're not music they're life lessons and uh shout out to barack obama because I'm sure they both need it from me, um, but that's, that is a great podcast. And right there, it says share. And you've got Facebook, Messenger, Twitter, Skype, Tumblr, Spotify code, copy link, copy embed code, copy Spotify URI. There's a lot. I, I've got a new podcast episode. Thank you to Mr. KB. There's amazing sharing features. Again, that's one of the reasons I like Spotify as a creator. And I should also mention, I mean, I'm focusing my attention on Instagram stories. It will do the same thing on Facebook stories as well. So I do a separate share. Don't share in both places because that is an option. But if you do a separate share onto Facebook stories, then it will give the link on Facebook stories as well for your Facebook users to go again directly to with one click directly to your Spotify episode. Tim, there's certainly a lot of great things here as we go through. And I got to ask, what is in the future? Uh, you know, we're, we're in the middle of 2021 right now what is in the future here for the teachers on fire brand <laughs> hopefully a book uh, that's something i've got in on the horizon and it's something i'm not making a tremendous progress on but i've got some great encouragers around me so hopefully a book will be happening over the course of this year i've got the outline in place uh, in terms of growing my brand and moving forward with content i'm simply trying to keep up <laughs> jeff frankly with the with the goals i've set for myself so uh, like i said i do the weekly saturday morning morning roundtable show
show, which I thoroughly enjoy. And then I repurpose that content in other ways. And I would always like to do more blog writing. So uh, the book is sort of the one more thing, which I think is what you're asking about the one next thing that is on my horizon. But other than that, I'm just enjoying what I'm doing right now. You're also going to be continuing to do your Saturday shows, your live stuff. And again, I want to remind everybody, check out everything that Tim is doing on Instagram, Twitter, everywhere. Um, before we get to the, the the special bonus part of this podcast here, I had mentioned earlier Medium. Now, this is a, something I really would love to do a whole show on. You and I have had conversations. Um, I'll just I'll throw it out there. Why Medium? So right away, I'll acknowledge there are different schools of thought on this. We've got a mutual friend, Jeff Gargas, who I, I know would disagree with what I'm doing on Medium and say, you know, build all of your content, uh, your primary domain and bring all of your traffic to one place. So that's something definitely to sort out. It, it kind of depends on how much you believe on Medium and where Medium is going as a platform. But one distinguishing characteristic about Medium is that it does compensate writers based on engagement with their content. And so I do get small, not huge, but small monthly checks from Medium based on stories I've written or even older stories that are continuing to get more traffic. And so that is never, uh, you know, that never hurts, right, for uh, content creators who are teachers and looking to bring in more income to help their families. So that's something that I've invested in. And my workflow is typically write a story on Medium. And then, again, if I'm organized enough uh, two or three weeks later to, again, repurpose that article, try to revise it and edit it and, and sharpen it up a little bit and then repurpose it on my website, teachersonfire.net. So I'm a big medium believer. And one more thing I'll mention, too, is for anyone interested, including you, Jeff, or anyone listening, if you're an educator looking to share ideas on medium, I would encourage you to connect with me. I have a publication on medium called the Teachers on Fire magazine. It's got about 600 subscribers and you can submit your piece to the publication through your profile. That might be too confusing if you're not on Medium today, but one step at a time, I assure you, it's very simple, very straightforward. And then my publication sort of helps you get that visibility if you're just starting out. So uh, keep that in mind as well. We will definitely want to have a show on that. If that's something that you're interested in, please let us know. You can reach out to us over at uh, over on TeacherCast. And of course, check us out over at TeacherCast on Twitter and let us know what you think about this show. But we are not done. As teacher, as t there you go. As Tim said, and in those famous words of Tim, uh, Tim Cavey here, we have one more thing. Um, there's a sixth thing that we want to be talking about. We talked about showing up every single day for your audience. We talked about using apps like Clipomatic. We talked about giving shout outs to creators, using your phone screen to do video capture, using great applications like Spotify. But there's still one more thing. Tim, what is number six? Number six, the bonus item is Canva and Canva is offering free accounts to educators. So educators, make sure you are submitting that Canva application because it is an amazing world and it's a platform that is only growing more powerful by the week, it feels like. Mm -hmm. So the, re the reason I love Canva and to keep it specifically within the context of what we're talking about today, which is stories, you can create any kind of a graphic on Canva. A, 
a striking, beautiful graphic, maybe a YouTube thumbnail, a poster, something for your blog content, and then use that magic resize feature to quickly uh, adjust the size for your stories. And it will do that in a few clicks. You may want to resize some text a little bit or readjust the location of some images, but by and large, that work has been done for you. And something else that I want to play with that I've discovered my education content gives me access to is seemingly all or most of their beautiful stock video library. So you can put some faded video running behind your messages, behind your text, and uh, you know have that running, have that motion happening, and then throw that on their stories. I promise it'll be jaw-dropping. I've played with this a little bit. I need to do a whole lot more of it. Again, doesn't take a lot of time, but Canva is a way to make your content look spectacular. Tim, I got to ask you here, and this is the podcaster to podcaster question. This is the husband to husband question, but mostly this is the dad to dad question. We've talked about you being an educator. We've talked about you being on fire. We've talked about you being a webmaster, a, a medium magazine host, a, a, an author of, a, of an upcoming book. As we, as we turn the pages here, you've got all this great stuff coming out. Um, question that I get often is the question I'm going to throw it to you. How do you do it? How do you find time? Where's that work-life balance? How's, how's the family? Absolutely. So, well, it, it might help to, to know that I'm in, I'm a stepdad. I've got two wonderful teenagers. They spend their weekends primarily with their biological dad. Uh, we're getting a little bit personal, but this is kind of the answer to your question. So my wife is studying right now. Uh, she is in a university program. And guess what? We spend a lot of our weekends uh, with her studying and me doing school stuff and then of course creating content so i have a very gracious wife who allows me to create and and play and learn and do a lot of what i'm doing on saturdays and sundays during the week jeff it is difficult i'm not putting out as much during the week because uh, like we said at the top of the program i'm a teacher and assistant principal i've got a lot going on my days are long and i'm generally exhausted so i don't get to <laughs> i'm not putting out a ton of podcast content or video content through the week. But weekends, to answer your question, are really my go-to time to uh, step outside of my professional responsibilities a little bit and uh, actually create some content that will help the growth of other educators. And that's something that gives me life, gives me fire for my work. So that's my secret. I know in your case, you've got some smaller people that require a lot more attention. So you have my sympathies, but as we've talked about many times, they are a tremendous blessing as well. I, I didn't have the privilege of having any children at that stage. Um, I came, I showed up as the stepdad after the the diaper stage. So, um, I, you know, my two teenagers are pretty low maintenance, but um, I, I can completely empathize that if you do have little people around the house, it's a little tougher to find that time to create, no doubt. We always want to make sure that we're spending the time with the right people. And that's what we're going to do exactly. today as we wrap up this episode. Tim KB, thank you for coming on for the first time. You're, of course, always welcome to come on as we go through. And um, what advice would you have for anybody out there who's looking to build their EDU brands? Know, like, and trust. I'm going to go back to those three words. Allow your audience to get to know you, get to like you, 
get to trust you. And as you do that, as you find ways to do that, to reach out, be personal, build relationships, the audience will follow. So Jeff, thank you so much for the opportunity. It's been a pleasure. You know I'm a huge fan. Keep doing what you're doing. And thank you for all the help you've given me along the way. I appreciate it so much. Well, Tim, it's guys like you that make us want to do these types of shows. And I'm sure people say that to you all the time. Check out all the great stuff over on teachersonfire.net, a fantastic website, fantastic brand, and more importantly, a fantastic host. Don't forget to check him out on Instagram. You never know. There might be another KV on the show also that is equally as awesome and important. So check out all that great stuff. And don't forget to check out all of our great stuff over on buildyouredubrand.com, where you can find our free 90-day email marketing course and so much more this is episode number 29 and we have a lot of great shows coming up including our friends from teach better from the aspire podcast and you never know who might be coming on to talk about the great things that they're doing with their network and on their clubhouses that's a little uh, preview of what's going on here over on the jeff bradbury show so one, one more time thank you to tim and everybody here in the teacher cast educational network my name is jeff bradbury reminding you guys to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students. You've been listening to the TeacherCast Educational Network, hosted by Jeff Bradbury. Please reach out to the show with all of your questions on Twitter at TeacherCast or online at www.teachercast.net. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. And please take a moment to write a review in the App Store.